it's the most intricate aspect of life, relationship, mm-hmm. because whether it's in your business or personal life, relationship is a mastery and it is a multiple lifetime mastery. So I think first thing is just acknowledging that we're human beings and it's not going to be perfect. It's mm-hmm. going to be a little messy. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so blessed to have you back here and be connected to all of you through social media or whatever modality that is that you are listening on. And I'm just beyond grateful that you guys tune in every single week to listen to the show. And hopefully it really connects with you where you are in life, whether it's a conversation that directly relates to you or it relates to somebody else. And it helps you understand even more about business or relationships or whatever journey that you are on. Hopefully we can have a conversation on here that really hits you where you're at. And I'm always so grateful that you are tuning in and sharing this because that is how people learn about the podcast. And as you guys know, we are doing, uh, we are featuring your reviews on the podcast now. So if you guys want to head over to iTunes and review the podcast That is so appreciated because that's how the podcast gets out. Truly, there is no other way for podcasts to get out except by your word of mouth, your ratings and your reviews. So a five-star rating with a review would rock my world and we might just call you out on the show and send you a gift. So you guys, if you have not yet checked out my book either, if you love this podcast, I would love for you to read my book because the book is basically my whole life story and all of the tools that I believe in that have shifted my life in one spot. So go check out a tribe called bliss.com if you have not read the book because it's my child right now. I also have a fur child named Waffles, but the book is also my child. No real children yet, but that's probably in the future. So we'll see. Random thought of the day. Okay, so my incredibly special guest today, I love this woman. I've gotten to be on her show, which is a live talk show, a couple times, and I absolutely fell in love with her. She's doing huge things in the world, you guys, and you're going to love this conversation. If you want, to feel incredible wisdom said in such a beautifully understandable way that it's just going to pierce your soul. Today's conversation is for you. Dr. Erin Haskell lives in Los Angeles and she is my guest today. And we got to do this podcast in person, which was amazing. And she's the creator and host of Good Morning La La Land, America's first live streaming daily talk show focusing on good news, inspiration, and positivity. And that's why I love this show so much with over 400 guests featured on NBC, ABC, Fox, Fortune, HBO, CBS, MTV, Huffington Post, New York Times, LA Times, Forbes, Entrepreneur, Emmys, Amazon Prime, Netflix, Food Network, and TLC. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, this woman has, I, she has met and interviewed everyone. She's a doctor of divinity. How beautiful is that? She's a new thought minister, international bestselling author, transformational speaker, and mother. Forbes featured her as the 11 most inspirational female entrepreneurs to follow on Instagram. She is the author of Awakening, which is a 40-day guide to unleashing your spiritual powers so good. Life's purpose and manifesting your dreams. Her mission is to awaken a billion people globally to their divinity while teaching them how to reprogram their subconscious, align with their personal truths and universal laws, and create a daily spiritual practice. Amen, sister. I will take all of that. 
And let's get started on this beautiful conversation. My soul was shifted. I was uplifted. I think I learned how to levitate. Just kidding, but truly. <laughs> Love this woman. So I can't wait for you to have a little piece of her in your life. So let's get started. Dr. Aaron, I'm so incredibly excited to have you on the show today and in my home, across from me, in the flesh. Well, I'm moving in, so it you should, are. this should work out really well. You are. And we just did this random planning of getting women together here for an awesome dinner, and you're going to cook. <laughs> I don't, and no one will ever come back. It'll be great. <laughs> so I'm so excited because it really is that easy. Like it doesn't have to be hard when you find people who you just connect with. Like, let's do it. Let's uh, let's not talk about it. Let's set a date. I love it. It's so beautiful. Done, done, and so, done. So something that I love about you is just that you bring so much. Oh man, there's so much that I love about you, but just so much truth and light and intention with everything that you do. And I don't know if you know this, but that is like one of my favorite things to do is have really intentional groups and conversations. So I kind of feel like, oh my God, I just have stars in my eyes looking at someone else who's like, we need an intention for this. Let's set an intention. Well, maybe we, should, an, maybe we should do that right now. Let's do it. I love that. Yeah. So as a Dr. Divinity, I usually like to start meetings and everything with an invocation. An invocation means that you're basically acknowledging the power that be. Mm. You can call it spirit. You can call it whatever you want to call it, but just acknowledging that creative force that lives within each and every one of us. So I'm going to invite us and whoever's listening mm. to just take a deep breath and just really recognizing that there's this dynamic thing called life, this life force that lives and breathes me. It lives and breathes the entire universe, that this is a the whole universe is alive. It's expanding at all points in time. And I see that this force has created the beautiful things and the chaotic things, that there's mm. only one source that creates our good days and our bad days. Mm. And so the intention today is really to have beautiful sacred space, to have growth, to have expansion, to heal what needs to be healed, to be heard what needs to be heard, and to just simply have people know that a little bit more about themselves and getting to know themselves and going inward to that space where all things are possible, all innovation is birth, and your specific truth and gift to the gift of the world is also birth as well. And so I simply know this, love this, and I'm honored to be living a life of truth, knowing there's ultimate truth and relative truth, mm -hmm. and may you live your truth as so it is. Mm, and so it is. Amen, sister. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh. I had my eyes closed during that. Hopefully, if you were driving, you were present. <laughs> you can save that, go back to it, close your eyes, have the same juicy experience that I just had when you're not driving. <laughs> That's a great idea to think about who, that. Oh, no, no, I love don't, it. Don't no, they're fine. <laughs> they're fine. They're always driving or running. And I'm like, close your eyes, except for those of you driving or running. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So thank you so much for just mm. number one, that and for coming to the home. And just, I'm so excited that our paths have crossed. I never, ever take that for granted for the people that come into my life. It's always like, oh, why did this person come in? And right. sometimes it's just fun to let it all unfold. And I actually think that's, that's part of the fun is instead of having a, sometimes I, what I used to do is have an expectation of, oh, I hit it off with her. We should do something right away or we should try to connect. And now I'm kind of like, you know what? The universe is so, it is always providing and taking care of you. And yes, you do have to get intentional, but at the same time, I think it's been so beautiful how you just keep getting placed in my path and it's mm -hmm. unfolded. I feel like how it's supposed to be unfolding. So, so that's true. really there, there are no coincidences. There's mm -hmm. only the coincidence of consciousness. I agree. I think that when I was younger or a little bit more like trying to force things to happen, I would try and figure out how to make it all come about. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, sit back, allow it to just unfold. And it's mm -hmm. just a lot easier for sure. It is because mm -hmm. sometimes the timing of your life, like you try to squeeze stuff in and then it can just turn out like just even more chaos. So, so beautiful. So true. So I would love for people who don't know you or aren't familiar with your work, if you could just bring us back a bit to tell us maybe how you grew up and what brought you to what you're doing today and what is that exactly? Sure. Do you want me to tell them what, what my title is and all that or just back to my story? Let's talk about, let's talk about what you're doing now uh -huh. and then we'll back up to how you got to that sure. place. So I'm a doctor of divinity and I'm a creator and host of Good Morning La La Land and um, I work 
one-on-one with women doing subconscious work. And then I do women's groups and lead a bunch of different programs. So um, my story really comes back to, I grew up in kind of a hippie commune Mm. in the hills of Santa Barbara. I was one of those little girls that was like, what the hell are we doing here? Why? What's the meaning (laughs) of life? And my mom was like, go play. Why are you asking all these questions? She was a bit uh, anti-spirituality and Mm. religion. And um, then growing up in California was a bit chaotic. I, you know, just typical chaos, a lot of drugs and alcohol in high school. Luckily, I didn't Mm. really like any of that much, but I got an eating disorder when I, I found an eating disorder when I was 17. I was date raped in high school. Mm. I thought all my problems would would be resolved if I just got married. So I got married at 21 years old, got pregnant and ended up um, my having a stillborn at 22. And I just had this incredible moment of being in the mortician's house and just seeing my baby's body after giving birth to him and just thinking, we're not these bodies. He's gone, but his body's here. Mm. And it just sent me on a, an intense spiritual track, just wanting to heal myself, mm. wanting to discover why I was here, what our spiritual nature was, and had no idea that I would be that this would become my career. It wasn't my intention. But when you become so obsessed with something and so intrigued by a field and you dive head first into it like I did, you naturally come out the other side as a teacher within that. So it's been a it's been a real honor. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even imagine. So what did that look like? What was the what was the pivot of having that moment of just darkness into the first step? Sure. So I'll never forget being in this this dark, dark room in a basement. And it was the day after I delivered my baby's body. And I was so insane. Like I was like, oh, I didn't get the right pictures because they have you take pictures of your dead baby. They have you bathe your dead baby. Then then you go home without your dead baby, right? So I was like, I didn't get the right pictures. I was like, what? Like I was just a little bit out of it apparently. And I just had, I was all alone in this room with his body. And I just had one of those moments like, how could life be so cruel? And we've all had mm. those moments, you know, it doesn't matter if it, it, we all, it's all relative, right? Mm-hmm. We've all had those moments where we're like surrendering to like, what the hell is going on here? Mm. And for me, the pivot really was a commitment. It was a real decision in that room by myself with tears running down my face of saying, I have to, I'm committed to figuring out why we're here. And so the pivot was really like, I have no idea, but we know once we make that decision that the rest just unfolds. So I began, you know, was, this was a long time ago. So I, you know, there was not, it's, it's not like spirituality today where it's everywhere mm-hmm. in your face. You know, there was barely even yoga centers, you know, there was yeah. like, no one was meditating. There was no meditation place to go meditate. There was mm-hmm. no like, oh, the universe, my BFF, like everyone talks about today. You know, it was, mm-hmm. um, so I just began to just read every book I could get my hands on. I had learned about meditation. I thought, well, if all these masters do it, I might as well try it out. There's, there must be something to this. And I literally just tried to do like 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the evening and began to be able to do it longer and longer and just began the path of of seeking as much as I could for all different things. Began to get my, my rights in shamanism, not with mm-hmm. any medicines, but just pure energetic shamanism. Went to landmark forum, things like that. Mm-hmm. Just did every possible process I could possibly get my hands on. Discovered subconscious work and then found basically becoming a spiritual practitioner and a doctor of divinity. So Mm. it's been a long journey and a fantastic, Mm -hmm. amazing, such a cool journey. Mm. I love that you shared that. And it's so, so many of the things, so many of the people that I've interviewed, it all starts with a question, just a better question. Mm -hmm. It's like, why? Okay, why are we here? I have to figure this out. And then questions along the way. And then the more questions we ask that are empowering, the more teachers appear. It's just crazy how some people are like, I don't even know where to start, but you have Mm -hmm. to just start with a question and it's going to take its own shape. And that's so beautiful. So I know that we were chatting earlier and you were talking about reprogramming your subconscious Mm -hmm. mind, which is like, oh my God, that's like one of my favorite topics ever. (laughs) And I know that you can go down the rabbit hole. So I, this is like a rabbit hole. I want to go down with you. I love it. So I think the best analogy is a computer. So imagine that your body is like, if you take a look at your, whether you're on your phone, listening to this, your computer or whatever, or maybe in your car, I don't know, you Mm -hmm. can take a look at your car. It's the same thing. So the actual hardware, what you can touch, the actual computer touching is the hardware, right? Mm -hmm. So if we we're like, our bodies are like that. If we touch our bodies, this is our hardware. We have this ability to do what we can do with this body that we have. And then there 
there's the software of your computer. So if you take a look at your software, you know, you have systems that can be upgraded. These are like the belief systems. So mm-hmm. if you look at yourself, this is like your software is your belief system, what you've been programmed through your DNA, through the beliefs of the culture, through your family, through your friends, and so on and so forth. And then you take a look at what's the observer, the, the operator, that's you, right? So if you are looking at your computer or phone, it won't do anything without somebody actually operating it. Mm. So you're the operator of this thing called you. You are not your body. You are not your programming. You are the operator. And um, and so through this, we know that we can upgrade, right? We always get those upgrade mm. notifications on our phone. We're like, damn, we got to get another upgrade. It's a pain in the butt because sometimes- <laughs> Or like, you ignore it. <laughs> right, or you ignore it, right? <laughs> like, why isn't this uh, right? working anymore? So uh, <laughs> reprogram the subconscious mind is kind of upgrading your system. Mm. And sometimes you got to actually reboot, you know, a lot mm. of viruses mm. in there. Mm. So in the subconscious mind, what happens is we- uh, we already know science has told us something to the fact of 98% of all things going on is our subconscious mind, just mm. just its programming, right? So how do we reprogram the subconscious mind? We all want to know, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, the subconscious mind is done through a vibration, through feelings, basically mm. through emotions that are attached to mental pictures. Mm. This is going real deep. So no, I, I love I'm it. trying go to simplify there. it as We're much going as I can. There. <laughs> if you really want to go far, mm-hmm. you can go to the Akashic Records, which are mm. pictures of everything that's ever happened on all lifetimes. Mm. So the point of subconscious work is to get to a place where your subconscious is basically in a neutral state where you can actually program it to what you want to program mm. it instead of the reactions of what have happened. So Oftentimes, the first thing I will do when I'm working with somebody on their subconscious is dealing with trauma. Mm -hmm. So what happens during trauma is something will happen and we have high, high emotional state Mm. and we decide something in that state. We decide we'll never love again. Mm. I'm not enough. Whatever that programming is, I I hate you. Money is the root of all evil. Uh, Whatever Mm. that is, is a limited belief. And the subconscious simply says, Yes, it just responds. Mm. It's like little soldiers down there. You're the you're lieutenant in charge up top and the soldiers down below are your subconscious mind. So we basically have to look at all those things that we've programmed into our subconscious mind and begin to neutralize those commands and restate new commands in the subconscious. Mm. I can't tell you how many things that you just brought me back to, which I do. I've done so much work around this that's taken mm-hmm. so long. But there is that moment I can look back to the actual decisions that I've made where I'll just detach from my body. Like that's mm-hmm. a decision. Like, okay, well, I'm not a part of this anymore. Like just literally thinking I could physically detach. Well, that didn't work out very well. <laughs> that's a that's a great point. And I think people get there a lot through meditation. They get mm. external, they become the observer, but they don't actually ever deal with their subconscious. Mm. So you'll find that often you'll get really blissed out through mm. meditation and then you slam back into your reactive mind. Mm. So it's, you got to deal with those mental pictures and make sure that you're able to, you know, free up a lot of the charge on on past events. So for people right now who can, because I think most people who are listening can take themselves to an event right now in their life where Mm -hmm. they can remember the moment, the decision-making moment, Mm -hmm. because man, it's clear. Mm -hmm. It's like, I can literally see the picture in my head of, okay, well, this is what the, you're building a wall, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever that looks like. And it's either going to be a super disempowering wall, or it's going to be something that's empowering, or it's something that is maybe disempowering, but can also serve you. Ooh, that's a good topic for later. Okay. For sure. And I think, (laughs) but I think you're very advanced, right? So when you've done the work, you can begin to spot all those things Mm. easier. But for someone who's new to this, they Mm -hmm. may go, what do you mean? What decision and what, I can't go back there. I can't even look at that picture. Mm -hmm. It hurts so much. I can't even look at, I don't want to go back to any of that. Yeah. So like, for example, I was working with a client and they had a mental picture. They had a lot of angst around money. Mm -hmm. They would make a lot of money and not be able to keep their money. It was like constantly in like a tug of war with money. Mm -hmm. And so we went back into his mental pictures. Um, He basically spotted some trauma on his track around money and he actually saw someone murdered Mm -hmm. um, when he was a child. He lived in South uh, America. And he realized that he had decided in that moment, in that very fearful state of high, high feeling and emotion that like you have to, you can die for money. 
Mm. You have to die to get money. Like you can, you have to kill for money. So it's very important to flatten that out and neutralize that and, and restate and command what you, how you do want to create money into existence in your life. So for you, Laura, you've done so much work. And so you're, you know, you're highly educated. You've done a lot of internal work, but not everybody can even look at a mental, mm. they even may have forgot it because there's such a veil that came over their eyes. So what's the first thing you would say to someone who wants to go back and look? Because mm-hmm. right now people are like, okay, well tell me how do I reprogram this? Because it has to be, um, if we can go from how do we get the willingness to look? And then what does it look like when we do start looking in order to start changing it? Mm-hmm. When you said, what did you say? You said it so eloquently, like the Just flattening out or neutralizing, neutralizing it. Neutralizing yeah. it, huh? Yeah. I mean, there's many different modalities. And of course, there's cognitive therapists. There's people like me that work with subconscious. Always good if you can do that work because it helps and it goes faster and mm-hmm. people are determined and and it's hard work when you get in there. But if if the case is that you want to do it on your own or you just don't have the money or whatever is there for you, really just going and actually being contemplative about it. You can take one incident, say one that's not too traumatic because we don't want to get you too far down the track of reaction. Take something that's bothering you, a mental picture, something that happened maybe last week, something that happened in your relationship, whatever that is, and begin to go back there. You can go back and instead of telling the story about it, so let's pretend that someone had an argument with their boyfriend last week. Mm-hmm. And it really, they decided again in that moment, like, I'm I'm never going to love again because mm-hmm. they say the same command every time mm-hmm. that same thing gets triggered, right? So you can look at, I'm never going to love again. And you can take a look at that mental picture and go back to that time. And instead of energizing it and having a backstory, like, well, he was a jerk and he did that. And, and then this happened. Instead, go, I... We were in conversation, we began to get in an argument and just going back there as isn't it, feeling the emotion, feeling the sadness, feeling the fear of abandonment, feeling all those feelings and just as isn't it, as they say in the Vedas, beginning to just be with the mental picture of what happened and then really just sitting in it and contemplating in a meditative state to where you see and you have an epiphany around what is it that you really decided? Mm. What is the thing that you keep deciding over and over when you're really upset? Usually we have a command. Mm. Usually it's something like, I can't do this or I'm out of here. I'm never going to love again. Start to listen to when you get triggered, what you tell yourself, because that's Mm. a command. And that is what is basically, you can begin to track it back to earlier similar incidences in this lifetime and in past lifetimes and beginning to realize that that command is something that you decided and you're Mm. going to begin to look and have that case for every time you get into every relationship Mm. until you neutralize and take back your power. Mm. Okay. That was powerful. So I, I've thought of thoughts that way, like your thoughts as commands. And as you were saying that, all I could think of was, you know, we're saying I'll never love again. And if you, if you look at it to the command of what's commanding your life and that's our subconscious mind, right. And it's, Mm -hmm. if you, if you replace it with, you'll never love again, like that's what that's crazy. Like it's truly a command for our lives and we're listening. The only people we listen to are us, right? Yeah. So and the subconscious mind and the universe says, and so it is. Your mm-hmm. wish is your command. Yep. Whatever you, you will tell never me, love again. Whatever you mm-hmm. tell me, I will make sure that happens. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's People ask me this one all the time. You know, how do you get over your anxiety and fear of putting yourself out there, of getting on a stage, of doing the thing you want to mm. do? So we talk a lot about this, but I'd love your take on, you know, all the fear around, I'm going to fail, I'm not good enough, I suck. Yes, (laughs) we just had this great conversation. In fact, we had this conversation on the show and it's a conversation Mm. we're having all last week because um, I was with Nick Pigeon up at that women's retreat Mm -hmm. in Hollywood Hills and uh, the imposter um, syndrome. Mm -hmm. So this is very common for all of us. We feel like we're kind of a fraud, like we're not good enough. Mm -hmm. How are we going to do this? We find this when we're doing public speaking or when we're getting from the camera or when we're just showing up for whatever it is in life. Mm -hmm. So this comes down to a different aspect of the subconscious mind. This comes down to what's considered guilt. And I, and I didn't understand guilt when Mm. I first heard guilt. It's actually self-judgment. Mm. So self-judgment, what happens is the same time when we're in kind of uh, different situations, we'll have a lot of emotion. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's fear, whatever it is. And we command and we say, I'm not good enough. Or who do I think I am to do this? Or you're ugly or you're too fat or you're what all those judgments, Mm -hmm. all that stacking up of self-judgment. And that gets triggered 
when we are touching on our greatness. Mm. Oh, so, man. So it's important. And what will happen mm-hmm. when people keep stacking on all those judgments is basically they will basically become more shy. They'll become more reserved. A lot of the time you'll see them get disengaged and they'll actually start kind of bad talking, whatever, because they need to justify their kind of going away from something. Mm. And so the trick to this is to basically get off all of the emotions, going in and and having someone actually go down and do a process around, what did you tell yourself about yourself? Mm. What, how did you judge yourself? And be able to just really acknowledging those things and, and releasing the emotions around it. And then what happens is you'll see people get more engaged. They'll come up because the true self is really like the little girl and the little boy. Yes. Whoever you were in that little state. And if you're not that state, you got subconscious work to do. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's so powerful. So what about when, um, because we are, I think it's like one of the things on top of that that's helped me and I would love to dive into it is is really the allowing of knowing that I'm always going to be a beginner if I'm going to where I should be going. Mm. When I say should, I mean really trying to reach who I believe I'm supposed to, you know, here to be on the planet. And there's so much grace that has to happen for me in that conversation in my mind of, yeah, you don't know what you're doing mm-hmm. and that's still okay. So kind of that conversation around, I get it that you don't, you truly don't feel like you know what you're doing sometimes. And sometimes you really don't, you know, you yeah, do, but you don't. But... I think there's a distinction there, right? Yeah. Is it coming from fear or is it becoming coming because you actually truly don't know? Right. And it's okay. <laughs> like, that's okay if you don't know. That's why you have to practice. And right. There's, there's other things that happen. It's natural to be nervous of something you've never done before. Mm-hmm. But so you have to begin to make those distinctions within your mm-hmm. head. Am I nervous right now because I truly just don't know when I'm kind of going to something new? Or is it because I actually really have self-doubt and feel like I'm an imposter in my own skin? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking for the people who have never spoke before who are about to go and speak, because I hear that a lot mm-hmm. from people. So many women right now, it's like the the emergence of women wanting to use their voice right now. So that that point of maybe they're talking to smaller women's groups and maybe mm-hmm. they have a podcast and things like that, but now they just got invited maybe to a stage. And they're like, I don't know. Man, I can relate. I remember I used to get so nervous that (laughs) like the adrenaline would be pumping so bad that I'd be like literally shaking. Mm -hmm. I remember that really well. And I think beyond, okay, let's pretend someone's done their subconscious and it's not that. I think that it comes down to a few things. And I'm mm-hmm. sure, I mean, you're the you're such an amazing speaker that you should be answering this more than what, me. Is, that's recorded? No. <laughs> so I still get this. This is partially for me. No, I'm asking for a friend. No, it's actually um, for me. Yeah. So I think it's a few things. I think that when we know our content so clearly, like, mm. I mean, if you're out there and you're thinking, I want to speak, if someone asked you, say that you're really good at interior design, you've been doing it for years or something mm-hmm. like that. And someone said, hey, give us an hour talk right now. You probably would be able to stand up and talk in 2.5 seconds because Mm -hmm. you know that industry so well, whatever it is, right? So I think that the point is if you're nervous, it might be partly that you really don't know all your content. If you have to memorize a a speech, then you probably don't know your content enough. Mm -hmm. You should memorize a speech to have it be organized and plan it out. But if you have to really memorize it, you probably don't know your content. Mm. And or you don't you're not familiar enough with that story. You're telling it from a third perspective instead of really getting into a mm. real intimate story. So I think that I think that's mostly what it is. Other mm. than that, I think that it's just natural. It takes practice. You're getting up on stage in front of people, you know, practice in front of a few friends over and over, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Okay, so that just brought up a question for me of partially about this the subconscious mind and allowing for you to show up as your authentic self, Mm -hmm. because I feel like that's a conversation with your mind as well, because what can happen is we can get into the place of not thinking we know, even though you do know the content, you are that interior designer, you are that person who runs these women's groups and does it amazingly well. But what can happen is I think there's that gap of you feel like you have to memorize something because you're not yet ready to go out there as you. Mm, I love that. Well, that maybe brings us to that conversation of truth that Mm, we had before the podcast, which I think is important. So authenticity is a very fascinating thing. And obviously that is, I think what people are seeking the most because we know it's like 
people are dying for truth. And mm-hmm. so the question is, what is truth, right? We have mm-hmm. ultimate truths and relative truths. Mm. We have ultimate truths, meaning like there's physics of the universe. Mm. There are universal laws. There are There's gravity. That's a truth. You can't deny that one, right? So, And there's relative truths. Relative truths are your unique truths. What's true for you? Meaning, what do you value in life and how do you have an expression around those values? So when you're finding your own authentic truth, that is what's true for you. Meaning, what what is your character that really works for you, that you, your persona that you truly authentically want to embody? What are you truly teaching when you're getting on stage or creating in your business? Because it's so true for you and it's what matters to you mm-hmm. and it is what uh, resides and and what you want to bring to the world. So I think that a lot of time being inauthentic is trying to be a brand or trying to be somebody that you think people will like. Mm-hmm. And that's totally inauthentic. Mm-hmm. It's authentic when you're doing it regardless of who's watching, mm-hmm. regardless of how many people like it regardless of, you know, what the audience thinks, because you're getting into such a true place that it's like the perfect audience, the perfect community, the perfect people. It may be five people, it may be 5 million people, Mm. but you're being true to you. Mm. Okay. This is, this is like one of my favorite conversations right now, because I think that we, we have so many, obviously women are rising and we all want to rise up, except there's also this conversation of as we rise, it's like, well, is she being authentic or she's being inauthentic or look at that, that's fake or look at that. And it's like, if that's her truth or if that's what she loves or if that's where she's at or if that's, you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. what's true for us now may not be true tomorrow as well. So there's this whole totally. dance of like, oh, do you know what I'm trying to explain oh, yeah. right now? Would well, you think, put some nice I think, words I think to that? that? The influencer thing, the influencer <laughs> thing. So I think there, it's it's a double sword, just like everything. Mm-hmm. Everything's a paradox. So we don't, we don't say technology is bad or it's good. It's both, you know, right. all of it's. So the thing about women rising and, and, any of the women out there and men that are listening. And I just want to say, we're in this together and mm-hmm. and please be true to yourself. And know this is a time in history that's so important. So mm-hmm. we need you. We need your expression. We need mm-hmm. your, because everyone is, it's a collective. It's not like one, one woman's helping this, the whole movement, right? Mm-hmm. It's all of us together. So I think that the, the, the good and bad thing is that we have a lot of women influencers online and everywhere. And I think the women that feel like they're trying to find their voice, they're trying to have an influence, they're trying to help this movement. They're a lot of times they'll model other people, which mm. is good because it, you know, why reinvent the wheel when it's already been done? But at the same time, you've got to also find your unique expression in that. So I think it's just a dance. I don't mm-hmm. think it's like, don't ever look to anybody else. I think that's crap too, because mm-hmm. th- no, there's a lot of wisdom out there and, and you should look to see what other people are doing and what works and doesn't work, but find what what is authentic for you? Mm, what feels good? Yeah. That, even mm-hmm. just saying that feels good, find what feels good for you. Okay. That feels great. So how do you get past? Cause sometimes I feel like some of, uh, I can, w- when I'm looking at people, uh, obviously one of the ways that you keep yourself safe, like ju- judgment, let's talk about judgment and truth, mm. because I think there's a lot of judgment out there. I'm guilty of it, but I like to try to turn it around quicker and quicker. So I want to know some of the things that you do around like finding your truth, but not having to judge other people in order to find it. I Does love that make it. sense? Yeah. Uh, I think the best thing to do, and I remember one of my mentors teaching me what a power position was. Mm-hmm. And he said, there's two points of power. You can either see everything in life as a miracle or you can never settle. And so mm. I think that if you're human, you're going to judge because that's the beauty. I think that judgment's got a bad rap, quite mm. frankly. You are here to judge. You're here to say what works for you mm. and what doesn't work for you. Mm. You're here to find what path that is for you. And you have to judge in order to Ooh, do that. That's an interesting yeah. take on it. So it's like, but wow. it doesn't mean you need to make yeah. anyone wrong in the oh. process. So. It, there's a, you know, metaphysically, if you think about it, all relationships are the projection and reflection of your ability or inability to love. They're oh. all, they're the opportunity to discover what works for you and doesn't work for you. Oh. So in yeah. that, right? So the ultimate relationship, of course, is within, but 
And so each relationship, each situation, each business thing, everything is directing you to say yes or no. We're in a binary universe. It's yes or no, period, in a story. And so we have to judge. That's your Mm. greatest mastery you can do is judge. You can stay neutral and you can get into that all blissful spiritual space, but you're already that. You're here to have a human experience Mm -hmm. and manifest and direct universal law specifically for what you want to experience in this life. And that takes a hell of a lot of judgment. Mm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. I'm like um, having one of those moments where I'm like, just so good right now. The difference between what people consider bad judgment and good judgment, in my opinion, is this. If I judge something and I let it affect me, Mm. like I'm like, oh, that bothers me. And then I let it disturb my peace. Mm. That's crappy judgment. That doesn't serve anyone's Mm -hmm. highest good. But Mm. when I say, huh, that's interesting. Not really for me. I enjoy, you know, you're welcome to do that. And I'm going to set a boundary and I'll be over here. But Still love you unconditionally, but from afar, you know? Mm. So that's a healthy judgment, really mm. healthy judgment. We've got to all, we, I mean, all of us need to develop that more. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> right? you know, one, of, one of my really um, great girlfriends always says, what if you just said, huh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I'm judging like... when I say that, by the way, <laughs> just so you know, like if I'm all interesting, fascinating, that means they're like, so she pretty much is totally just judging. <laughs> You're like, yeah. okay, I'm going to let that go. Um, I love that because what just came through for me is it's everything that you've just said. So you are the judge of what's right for you. For you. And that doesn't make anyone wrong. And that's the, that is the highest stance is to not make anyone wrong. Oh, Okay. I I don't know if you guys are experiencing this like feeling of massive truth bomb right now, but that feels like just extreme truth to me. That's freeing because truth is freeing. And so that's what it feels like. It's expansion. We've all seen like people break up with, with in a relationship and everyone hates everyone. Everyone makes anyone wrong. Mm -hmm. Like why, why can't we just be like, we dated, it was wonderful. You're wonderful. Mm -hmm. And we have some different things. And like, what if we did that? I love that so much because I so relate to this in business where it was, this person was a time in my life when I was in this place. And why do we now have to feel we have to either carry this, even though it's just complete dead weight, Mm. this contract is so over, but we're trying to write more into it. We're trying to take them along to the new phase that we're in because maybe we feel bad or we feel guilty that we're leaving people behind. So I love that you just said that because it's, it, it was so beautiful the time that we spent together. How can you free people up around relationships? Because honestly, it's like, sometimes I'll find things in life. I'm like, oh, that is it. If we could just master this, that's it. And I really do feel that way about relationships. If we could look so at them. True. And relationships, leave them. Every, all of life is a relationship. It's mm. how we relate to all of life. Mm. We have a relationship with the universe, a relationship to people, things, everything. You know, I think it's it's the most intricate aspect of life, relationship, mm-hmm. because whether it's in your business or personal life, relationship is a mastery and it is a multiple lifetime mastery. So I think first thing is just acknowledging that we're human beings and it's not going to be perfect. It's mm-hmm. going to be a little messy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you're in the mess, because it just, it doesn't, that that's part of where I think that I've gotten stuck in the past. And I know a lot of women that I talk to get stuck is, is we think that we're supposed to be able to navigate it in a clean way. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly tell you, it never feels really clean for Mm -hmm. me. (laughs) Well, and you know, that's why I think a lot of spiritual masters end up not having relationship. They Mm -hmm. end up being alone. And it's an interesting conversation I've been in. Like, are we supposed to be in relationship or not. And where's mm-hmm. that dance? And what what is that? And you have to understand that you are here to expand consciousness. You're here to grow consciously. You're here to learn how to direct and demonstrate and manifest in this life. So when you entangle in another person's consciousness, you're entangling in all of their spiritual track, all of their mm-hmm. issues, all of everything else. So I think that intimate relationship and business relationship is, is some of the most advanced work you'll ever do in this life. So First, no, it's it's like a master's course. It's like mm. the PhD of the PhD. It's much easier to get into an enlightened state, quite frankly, in my opinion. Mm. To be a master and be enlightened and just be one with divine is much easier than finding peace in relationship and really grooving into one mind as a couple. 
Oh man. Okay. So mm-hmm. because I'm right now, I'm going into all these rooms with all of these people talking about connecting and everything that we're, what we don't realize is everything that we're bringing to this moment, mm-hmm. right? You, you, we think we're just meeting another person, looking at another person, kind of taking for face value what they're telling us. And we forget we're bringing all of our stuff. Like we have these trunks and trunks of just stuff. And then they have all of their stuff. Mm -hmm. And then there's the interpretation of the stuff. And then there's even more interpretation outside Mm -hmm. of that within like how we've experienced different things. So I think the biggest shift, if I could tell somebody in relationship is I view relationship as you think of from a spiritual perspective is relationship is really for two things. Mm -hmm. It's for healing what needs to be healed on your spiritual track. And it is to birth something to the world, Mm -hmm. whether it be your art together or family or whatever that is that you're choosing to birth. But I think a lot of people think a relationship is to fulfill their needs, their sensations, Mm -hmm. their entertainment and all that, and and fulfill some romantic facade and delusion. So I think if you're ever trying to have it fulfill you and and complete you or um, bring you comfort or bring you your senses to a higher level. It's very transient. It's not going to last. Mm, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. What What would you say is a good perspective just of, so what did you say it was to heal, to heal and to bring something? And to birth something into the world. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you are, because obviously then we get into relationship with a best friend or with a spouse mm-hmm. or whatever that looks like and all of the emotion comes into it. But then when a fight comes along, all of that emotion comes into it. So what is something that you kind of, is there words or like the reprogramming of your subconscious that you can kind Mm -hmm. of think of to get back to a neutral state, you know, to make a decision? Yeah, I think think two individuals have to be highly committed to their spiritual growth together. And and that takes work. There's many different ways you can either go in and individually do your subconscious work. I don't think couple work is very realistic at all, in my opinion. I mm-hmm. will not do it as a spiritual counselor. I, I I disbelieve in that because it really comes down to the individual. When you do your own work, everyone around you transforms instantaneously. Mm-hmm. But as a couple, I would say one is to um, make sure that both people are committed to knowing that the emotions coming up for growth. So if you look at it like you're in a classroom with somebody, you've, you've you've come into class. This is your partner in this classroom. Now, what what is that agreement when those emotions, when those arguments come up? Mm. So there's got to be growth. You can either have a real spiritual practice and the real practice is to as is it again. So you want to be able to feel the emotion without any meaning around it, without trying to make sense out of it logically, Mm. to just feel the emotion because a reaction is basically a mental picture coming up from the past Mm -hmm. that needs to be neutralized. Mm. And so the couple needs to be really highly uh, educated on how to deal with that reaction. Oh my God. So Mm -hmm. you just said, what is the agreement when this comes up? Wow. I've never put words to it, even though that's exactly what I write about and what Chris and I do. Like Mm -hmm. We're like, we know how we want to argue when the argument comes up or we know how we want to react when this comes in. And it's it's been the most powerful yeah. thing. And you said it so uh, simply. That and and as you know, you know, 99 out of 100 arguments have nothing to do with what's going on yeah, now. No. <laughs> right? It's so true. So like, how deep do you want to go? Yeah. And do you really want to heal? Or are you just mm-hmm. want to do that fun little merry-go-round that, every, that, <laughs> that so 99% true. of the population does? And that's why it's just, it's just, it's just goofy. It's oh, goofy stuff. I totally used it's to do goofy. this dance with Chris back mm-hmm. in the day of like, I'm going to get attention by who knows what, like making you wrong for something that totally. you just aren't expecting. <laughs> I, I, I was a disaster. I was so codependent, Lori. It was like, if my relationship was good, I was good. If it was bad, I was bad. Yeah. I projected so much crap. I thought this, per, you know, whoever I was with, they needed to be my entertainment, my mm-hmm. intimacy, my best friend. They needed. It was impossible. I was always pointing the finger. I was a total disaster. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna lie. Oh, yeah. that was me. That was totally yeah. me. And then add some liquor on top of that. It was <laughs> awesome time. I was an awesome time to be with. So I had to call up all my exes and be like, I'm so sorry. I'm taking like doing my amends. And like, I realized like what a nightmare I was. I literally called all my exes. That's oh yeah. Yeah. What oh, did yeah. they say? Well, they were like, oh, you know, because as soon as you do that, what happens yeah. is they acknowledge their own shit. They're like, well, I had a lot of shit and I was this, da, 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 right? So it's like the most healing thing, mm-hmm. you know, but and acknowledging is great, but then what? 
you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> then you just see your insanity for a while. And you're like, I'm still doing it. And I see I'm doing it. Oh, great. Okay. Cool. This is awesome. Oh, so this has to end. Okay. Mm-hmm. What, so what, how do I replace that? That's like, that's okay. That's the question. So the insanity is serving us, right? It was serving mm-hmm. me. It was getting me attention. It was giving me a different emotional state. It was, I mean, I'm sure there was plenty more than that. Those are just a couple of the things I'm thinking of. So I think that we, I kept going back to that because I didn't have my replacement for attention yet. So how do you feel about that? Because we, don't we need love and I'm attention? Gonna, I'm going to get really real with you. Okay. I think it's crap. Mm. Yeah. I think that it is, I think people need to do their deep, deep trauma work from past lifetimes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's that desire for those hits of whatever that feeling is. It's just, it is the soul bringing up mental Mm. pictures to react, to try and have it healed. Mm. I like that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are like, oh, dang. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you can try and dance around it. You can try and pretend like the arguments aren't going to happen. You can try and pretend like, oh, I'm just going to be more mindful when that reaction comes up. And you got to have a really, really masterful consciousness to be able to do that. Mm. And most people will not be able to do that. They need to deal with what's really going on. Mm. Got to do the work. Otherwise, it kind of sounds like it, it's like sometimes people stop smoking and they start eating. Sometimes they stop yeah. eating and they start something else. Yeah. Online shopping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just going to yeah. keep keep rearing its head. So was it you the other night? We were. I know that we were just at dinner. At Nick uh, Pigeon's dinner at yeah. Gracias Madre. Mm-hmm. I just like to let Graduation people- Graduation for all of her amazing women that flew in from all over the world. So exciting. Mm-hmm. It's so cool like mm-hmm. that we get to just, I don't know, go and celebrate. And, and let's talk about how cool that is. Like she invited us into her mastermind with all of these amazing women, right. um, inviting us into a space that she created in her business and just how cool to be able to just go and witness what she's doing and be in the magic. And that was so much fun for me just to we show up in her you, group. Nick. You're so yeah, amazing. Shout out to Nick. Mm-hmm. You guys go find her. But I think you said this to me and it's been ringing in my ears about truth. I'm sure it was you. I think if not, we'll see if you know what I'm talking about. It was a quote of like, truth can't be reinvented or something because it's always just truth or it can't be changed. I don't remember what the what we were talking about, but we we talk about truth quite often when Probably we all was come you together. Drop that bomb on me though. You don't even something you don't even know what you're saying, and I'm like, oh my god, that's a quote card. <laughs> I'm gonna re- make my own deck for you of just quote cards. It's gonna be amazing. So let's talk about truth though, because for truth. So it was the, it's the personal truth and it's ultimate truth and relative truth. Okay. So tell Mm -hmm. me a little bit more about ultimate truths because like letting those really help you navigate your life. So an ultimate truth would be like that, how your subconscious works. An ultimate truth would be that you entangle with someone else's consciousness in relationship. An ultimate truth would be that there's physics of how the, how you manifest. Those are truths. Mm. You can't like rearrange those truths. Your truth is that you're an immortal spiritual being and you manifest and demonstrate very specifically through your use of the one mind, through your subconscious mind, things like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's truth. Mm -hmm. Relative truth and where people say, live your truth. It's like one of my taglines. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to live your truth? Your truth is specific for you. What Mm -hmm. works for you? How can you find peace that works for you? How do you express your love? How do you what what works for you with money? Mm. One person, it's gonna. They need a you know millions of dollars to be content. The next person is happy with you know uh, poverty level. Whatever that is, the truth. What is your truth? Mm. What what is your truth around relationship? Are you monogamous? Are you polyamorous? Are you you know you don't need a relationship? I don't know what that is, but we want to get down to the truth, and that's the work, right? We want to go. What has been programmed in? deprogramming that and going, getting distilling down to what authentically feels true for you. So I think Mm. that birthing your truth, the subconscious work, um, it's called meiotics. It's a Greek oracle process and it's a Socrates method as well. And through getting into the subconscious and asking questions from different perspectives, um, people, they birth their truth. The word is based off of midwifery, but instead of birthing a baby, you birth someone's truth. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the really fun part of subconscious work. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I come from a a really strict religious background where truth 
was truth and it looked like this. Mm-hmm. So, so that word can actually somewhat trigger for me in a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for years, it was so black and white and this is truth. So my truth didn't even have that word to it. It was just, I think a lot of us aren't living, um, you know, there's our favorite word again, in alignment with our truth because we feel like our truth is wrong. Mm. So what is some work around understanding what your truth is and redefining sure. truth, not making it Byron wrong? Byron Katie had a great process around questioning, is it true, right? Mm. So whether it be from your church or whether it be from your parents or the culture, beginning to question is that true? Mm-hmm. You know, so for example, I think that relationship is a real, a common area where people have to find their truths because we have so, especially as women, we have so many thoughts of the way it should be, how mm. it should go, all of our expectations, and just beginning to step back and go, is that true? Or did I just kind of buy into that? thought process and beginning to just question and thinking what is true and mm. then finding what's true for you. Mm. This it, It's crazy that I feel like I started finding my truth actually in my relationship with Chris because we were so young. I mean, I met him at 21. Wow. But I feel like he was such a, and I, I we both know that we were put on each other's path to kind of first just figure out what worked in a relationship. Mm. And I remember this was a huge moment for me. It was like, I had, you know, kind of dated a bunch, had a long-term boyfriend for a while at that point. And so much of who I was felt like I was completely lost in those other relationships, except my, who I was, who I felt I was supposed to be in this lifetime was really starting to be like, she was starting to scream quite loudly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She was throwing fits all the time. (laughs) Um, And at that point when I met Chris, I remember thinking, you know, things, things would come up in the relationship and I was like, I can't do this again. Like I emotionally cannot, uh, what's the word, like betray myself Mm -hmm. for another human. And it also does not feel like an act of love to this human. So different things were coming up and I was like, this is, it might be, I might not be the cool girl. And I remember saying that I might not be the cool girl, but my truth, this does not work for me. Well, I think Anne Rand taught this really well with finding your individuality and in finding and being true in a selfish way is Mm. a really healthy actually way to be. And I think the Greeks also taught this where we have to be individuals. And in that individualness, we each have our own relation to even spirit to everything. Mm. And I think it's true, like for as women, especially, you know, we, we, there's a place, and I think it's almost like it's too bad that we find it. Like, like it gets better. Let me, if you're young and you're 20s, let me tell yeah. you, it's like awesome in your 40s because <laughs> you finally find your own truth, and you're like, it's just so much easier. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, you don't have any internal struggle, or hopefully not very often, because you're just like, yeah, no, that doesn't work for me. Thanks, <laughs> but no, I, I know that. Been there, yeah. uh huh. Yeah, and if I get one peaky out of my truth, it's you don't want to be around me, so it's not fun. <laughs> So I'm just going to stay true to myself because it's a lot oh, easier. I love that. And I, and I really actually want to tell people it's, it's, I think sometimes I re, I remember being 20 and saying, okay, I have five years till I feel like my life is over. Cause maybe I had a picture of a 25 year old that was like, oh my God, she's got right? these kids, doesn't oh, seem happy. Yeah. Then at 25, I was like, oh my, okay, at 30, I've got five years. Cause at 30, my life is over. Cause I held over. another picture. You're done. You might as well be dead <laughs> exactly. for sure. Then at 30, I was like, wait a minute, you know, I started doing more, you know, landmark and books and Mm -hmm. self-development. And I started looking for stories that were like, okay, let's look at 35 and who's a great example of like living in 35 Mm -hmm. and making it amazing. And so I was excited. It wasn't like life is over in five years. And now that I'm 37 and I'm looking and I'm like, I honestly have so many amazing 40s, 40 somethings Mm -hmm. and 50s. And like, oh my God, Jane Fonda's rocking my world right now at 80. Did you watch book club? I haven't watched it. I actually grew up right next to her ranch in the hills of Santa Barbara. She's the most amazing I'm woman. like obsessed yeah. with her. I know. She's funny. She's like so in her truth. Mm-hmm. Like I can't I think, even take I think, it. But there's a very important distinction here for me. And it is that all spiritual work is an identity shift. Mm. That's all it is. It's an identity shelf shift all the way to the I am identity, the mm. identity that's one with everything. So a lot of the identity that's afraid to give up, you know, as you, especially like with women with their looks or age or, you know, all that stuff, that's, 
it's scary because we have attachment to that. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of that attachment, on the other side of that limited identity is so much more. And so mm-hmm. as you age, even as a woman, I think you, hopefully if you're doing your work and you're, you know, getting, being fulfilled through your own creation, expression, mm-hmm. you know, work and everything else, life gets better. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell us that. The yeah, media no. didn't tell us that. Right? No, I did not see that. I didn't hear that. I, I literally remember all of the women and, you know, even my mom and I say this to her now because my mom is still like, she looks amazing, but in her mind, she's like, aging is hard and getting, she always tells me like, getting old is rough. And I'm like, stop saying that. I don't, I don't <laughs> agree. I don't want to believe that. I don't that. agree at yeah. all. Life mm-hmm. is so much easier than, I mean, way easier. I, I think way you easier. are easier to say, like, I love what you said about just, um, like the decision-making is so much quicker because you're just not willing to sit in that feeling of betrayal of like, oh, I denied what I knew was true for me or real for me. Yeah. And hopefully you found out what you really love to do. And mm-hmm. hopefully you found out what you love to do for hobbies and what type of girlfriends you like to hang out with and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, and just gets easier. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if someone's sitting here and they're like, wow, I don't know the type of girlfriends I want to hang out with. They're my hobbies. Like I'm feeling like, oh my God, I want to get clear. What does that look like? Yeah, it's a really, uh, a lot of people reach out and they say, I want to find my purpose and calling or I want to get clarity in whatever area of my life. And if you don't know, that's the greatest time to experiment as much as you can Mm. to discover what you do like and what you don't like. Mm -hmm. So when you go out with girlfriends, you know, then go, this is what I did like. This is what I don't like. Mm. This is a deal breaker. This is a must have. And begin to just take notice, take notes on it. Begin to notice what you like as friends, you know, what do you want in your girlfriends? So are there times when you're out with friends that you're like, eh, that's like really not for me, but you still love someone? Of course. What do you do around that? I I consider there's certain people I have what I would consider my inner circle. And then I have acquaintances and, um, you know, it just has boundaries. You have boundaries mm-hmm. on it. So where I invest my time and energy, I know is going to be multiplied and abundantly and reflected back to me. So mm-hmm. of course I spent a lot of time doing the things that are important to me, expanding my consciousness. And if I have girlfriends in my life, my inner circle really comes down to, they've got to be really expanding their life Mm -hmm. because I know that the synergy that happens in that, if they're not, if I'm around girlfriends and they complain a lot and kind of are doing the same thing over and over, we have to know that we, we become who we hang out Mm with. And so, uh, yeah, I'm still going to love them. I'm still going to see them here and there, but I'm not going to have it be a priority in Mm -hmm. my life. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So good. Um, So you told me something that I love about you and I want to learn more Mm -hmm. about it. So you are interested in either eventually or you do do some traditional ministry Ministry. now. Tell me me all about that. I love that. You know, I never, if someone had said, oh, you're going to be a minister, I would have laughed my butt off and been like, that's not a chance in hell. Let's just get that straight. (laughs) So, um, so yes, I am. I'm actually what's considered new thought minister. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we are we basically refer to universal law to all religion everything science and basically distill down so i teach science and mind it's um and universal law and how the subconscious works so mm-hmm. traditional ministry what does that look like so right now i hold a monthly um gathering downtown uh, but i'm looking to really do it weekly because what's mm-hmm. happening is i worked for a spiritual center for a while while i was finishing my doctorate whatever and I think people just need, they need support. They need mm-hmm. weekly support. They need daily support. They need a community that's on supporting everyone. It's hard to keep on your daily spiritual practice. It's hard yes. to keep up with like mm-hmm. meditation and doing it all. But if you have a community that's committed to it, that's reminding and and coming together to do it, uh, it's such a beautiful, beautiful platform. Mm, mm-hmm. I love that because I, and I believe that around the, the um, uh, support, for sure, because I think what's happening is so much traditional religion is not, you know, we're not going to church all the time. Yeah. And growing up, you know, I went to church three times a week and then went door to door on the days that we weren't really going. Oh, wow. So yeah. it was a lot. But I remember that I felt very like you're you're in that groove. It's a part of your life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, you're constantly in prayer. It's in conversation. It's always in the front of your thoughts. So it's really powerful, obviously. Mm-hmm. You think about our business and our relationships and the things that we want to keep up. If you want to keep fitness up, if you want to feel really good, if you want to, um, you know, feel good through what you're eating, you can't. It's an every single day thing. Yeah. And I do believe spirituality is a part of that. So important. Every right? single day. Thing. And like 
I mean, so we're looking for a space right now. Mm-hmm. Technically, the government won't let you have a church unless you have a physical space every week. So uh-huh. we will do it both because, you know, people, obviously there's lots of people around the globe that won't be able to physically come to, and it's so old school, mm-hmm. right? Like, but we want to get together as well. So mm-hmm. it's a good thing. Um, but I do think it's an interesting time. And I believe that the only disease really is amnesia. Mm-hmm. So we need to remember and come back together and get back in our spiritual practice. And um, so it'll look like uh, an event on Sunday. Um, we will have, uh, I do a daily podcast um, that's not every day, but it has tons on there. So you can actually listen to it every day, mm-hmm. but it's an 11 minute podcast, Knowing mm-hmm. the Truth. And then we'll actually have courses. So I'm able to license people as spiritual practitioners, as ministers, and as doctor of divinity. So we will eventually actually have a school where people can get accreditation. So it's very exciting. Oh, that's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm excited about that. So number one, if you're in this area and you know of a space, let us know. Yep. Number two, it's so crazy because I literally want... So I want to do this. So I like to use humor for transformation as well. And I want to start doing kind of like video skits mm. with it. So mm-hmm. like spirituality transformation yeah. without them knowing. So one of the skits is that, um, cause I've really felt like my whole life, it's like, I go to sleep, I get spiritual amnesia. I forget who I am totally, and what I right? need to do to remember <laughs> totally. who I am. So one of them was going to be like me kind of doing the 50 first dates thing. And I put this VHS oh tape in about that reminds me of who I am and what I need to function as like who I want to be in the world mm-hmm. because I get, amnesia every single every night. day mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> I love that you said that because it's we just forget yep. it's just so easy to forget like oh that's what I wanted or oh that's who I am or oh that's that's truth for me and don't you ever like actually last night someone sent me uh you call it a transmission and it was this beautiful like long 30 minute kind of invocation prayer over this incredible sound bath. Mm. And I laid there and I, you know, went straight up to the ethers and and into source and I just was crying. Oh. And it wasn't tears of, of sadness. It was these tears of like remembering, mm. you know, and it's like, you like go home. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think I'm like, feel like I'm like E.T., like E.T., I want to go home, <laughs> yes. you know? And then I got to come back to this like world. And it's like, we have a lot of work to do here, but we've mm. chosen to be here. We've chosen to take on this classroom of developing our consciousness Mm. in a physical form. And it's this incredible and beautiful, miraculous game. So we Mm. need to make fun. We need to have fun. We need to play, but we need to remember what we're here for, which is Mm -hmm. really, we're here to do work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. So you have an amazing book. Mm. Tell me about your book and where can we get it? And is some of this in there? Uh, a little bit, yeah, some okay. of my stories and stuff. Um, it's a, it's called Awakening. It's a 40-day guide to unleashing your spiritual powers and manifesting, you know, your life purpose and things like that. And it really, I wanted, um, I wanted it to be something where people could pick it up anywhere. They can either take it and take little readings mm. or they can pick it up anywhere. It has processes at the back of each day, but it basically goes through all the things that as I was getting my doctorate and learning so many amazing principles and going through my own awakening, I had taken all these notes of the epiphanies and cognitions I'd had and just these profound moments. And I didn't plan on putting it into a book, but when I was doing my doctrine, I was thinking, what do I really want? What do I want my legacy to be? And I thought about that little 22-year-old girl that I was um, holding her, you know, my stillborn. I thought, what would I want to do? And I'd want to write a book for her. Mm -hmm. So it was really a place that I think when you're doing art, you've got to have it be somewhat so authentic that if you thought if not one person ever got it, it would be something that you would just want to give to the world. Mm -hmm. And um, luckily it went, it's done very well, bestseller around the world, very viral over in the UK. And um, just so many women reaching out and it's, it's such a great thing. Anybody out there that wants to write a book, I highly, highly recommend it. I would say it's one of the hardest things I've ever done to distill down the thoughts and get it into form. I'm I'm not a writer, so it's very challenging for me. But it was it's such a beautiful thing to birth to the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Feels so good to right? have it in one spot, doesn't it? Right. Like so worth you it. You know this so oh, well. Even and your though book, your book has touched so many women's mm-hmm. lives and brought so many women together into their tribes. Mm-hmm. Such a beautiful thing. So thankful for all of your work. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you for that. I'm like, that's Okay. We've got it recorded. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I just want to acknowledge you because I just think you're amazing and people are going to want so much more of this. So um, besides you coming on the podcast weekly, (laughs) right? (laughs) where can they get more of you? They can go to... Is there a spot for that right now? Yeah. It's dr.aaron.tv, which is www 
D-R-E-R-I-N.tv. They can download 30 um, guided meditations. Mm-hmm. I have a free app, free podcast. Um, you can watch the live show, Good Morning Lalan, there. You can interviews and so on and so forth. Um, we do have a monthly meetup right now. It's actually tonight. Mm. And Natalie from Boss Babe, um, the CEO of Boss Babe, will be speaking there tonight. You're going to be there next month. Mm. And um, so you can find me there. But we also have many, many different women's groups launching right now. And hopefully within the next short bit, we'll be doing the actual um, traditional ministry. I am so excited yeah. for that. Like mm-hmm. beyond, because I want a spot to go. So yeah. let's get that. Let's get that rolling. For sure. <laughs> yep. You're like on it. <laughs> one on more it thing. Like, on list of like <laughs> okay. a zillion things going it's on. It's going to come in though. Cause you're like speaking it so much right now, yeah, but it's yeah. just, it's going to just come in. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. So I can't wait for that. So thank you so much for coming on today. Mm-hmm. I like really, really just, I really benefited from this conversation. Well, I'm so, so thankful I'm so that we've connected and Divine put us together and so many women's groups about to be birthed. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned, you guys. Get on the mailing list, get on Lori's and my mailing list. Make sure you're in the loop. We want many women, many voices, mm-hmm. many expressions, and we're all in this together as a community. So thank you so much. Let's do a little benediction. So we end <gasps> Let's do it. with a benediction, mm-hmm. really knowing and breathing into this moment. The benefit that this has served, and I know that this is heard by the perfect people in the perfect places right now. I know that whatever has been sparked in this conversation has sparked truth within you for you to live your unique divine expression, your individual truth, your pure potential as you. You are the greatest product to produce. You are the infinite, the almighty, and all the above. And so I know today is a divine day for you to know who you are, remember, and love yourself and let it shine to the world. So have a divine day, you guys. Thank you so much. Mm. Oh, let that hit you. And you guys, if you love this episode or you know someone who needs it right now, make sure you share it with them. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye.